0: Hey, camp kids. Welcome back to the camp kids podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world, whether you are currently in your camp experience, or it's been a while since you've been at camp. When you're with us, you're at home this week. I bring you our first ever panel episode for the month of October. This panel is focused on recapping our summer camp experience. Our people on our panel today come from us from all over the United States, specifically from the Girl Scouts organization. First up, we have Thunder, who comes back on the podcast to share about her camp experience, stepping into camp for 10 days to help wherever she was needed. We also hear from some new voices, Shrek and Clover, who packed up their bags and left Missouri to go to Washington for the summer. I also share a bit about my past summer camp experiences as well. We discussed the challenges we faced, how we overcame them, and lessons that we learned along the way. So without further ado, let's hear it from Thunder, Shrek, and Clover. Welcome everybody to the Camp Kids Podcast. This is our first panel episode in October of 2023. Let's go ahead and do a roundtable of introducing ourselves, what facility you work for, and what was your role in camp this last summer? Shrek, go ahead and take it away. All right. So
1: my name is Michelle Lewis, also known as Shrek at camp. And this past summer, I worked at Camp Robbinswald in uh, Lillywop, Washington.
2: My name is Caitlin Thompson. This past summer, I went to Camp Sacagawea for 10 days and 10 days only. But it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a last minute life-changing like really good decision for me to make this Mm -hmm. year and yeah went back to camp quit my job went back to camp for ten days had a blast
3: (laughs) my name is Maddie Renner camp name Clover and I also spent this last summer at uh, Camp Robinswald in Washington and I was a unit counselor that's what they called the role and I had a blast
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm the host of the show, Joe Bob. I currently work for the Girl Scouts in Northeast Kansas and Northwest Missouri, and my role this last summer was part-time adventure staff for their dig camps out there, but I also did get to spend a week out with Shrek and Clover at Camp Robbinswall to do resident camp for a week there as well. So... I would love to just hear a rundown summary of your overall impressions slash lessons that you that you learned over this summer specifically. This panel uniquely has had camp experience in the past, so I would love to hear just how this summer stood out and maybe something that you learned from this summer as well.
1: Robinswald was a, first of all, a very beautiful camp. I had never been to the West Coast before, so I got to learn a lot, not only about the mountains and everything like that but also about the ocean creatures and things like that while I was also learning how they operate camp out there which was a really incredible experience and getting to learn how other Girl Scouts work camp was something that I think um, really changed how I you know, perceived camp. I was able to work with the Brownies like I love to do but I also was able to get out of my comfort zone and work with older kids And I felt like I was actually able to change lives this summer. And like I said, I was learning a lot along the way. Rafiki reached out to me about going back to Camp
2: SAC. And it was just a cover for their leadership team while they were away on their Boundary Waters program. Two of their leadership team members were going to assist with that. And so they just needed someone like another body, basically, to fill in and kind of run around and do odd tasks around camp. And I was like, yes, I think the biggest shocking thing for me was that, like, it's been several years since I've worked at camp, and when I worked at camp, I was 18 to 21, and so I went back to camp this summer as a 25-year-old, and all the counselors, I was like, all, all you little babies, <laughs> like, they and they were only 18, like... But I was still like, they're so young. And I don't know that it was necessarily young, but maybe I could just tell like the maturity level between how much Mm -hmm. I've matured since I was 18 versus seeing a new batch of fresh 18 year olds in the camp scene and working uh, as counselors. Um, So that was like probably the biggest shocking thing for me. But it was a really great, like little stint this summer a lot of stuff has changed so that was cool to see like a lot of progressive things have changed at Camp SAC since i worked there which i was really really happy to see um and i think one of the other things too is they the other thing that i noticed was just that the culture has maybe changed a little bit from covid because they've lost the ability to rehire so many of the people that were working at camp before COVID and then COVID happened and they had to kind of get a new batch of people. Um, and I feel like some of the camp culture was lost a little bit in that. And so that was interesting to kind of see and navigate and work through, but it was also like, there's a new culture now and maybe this is a fresh start for some new things and new traditions to happen too. So, but yeah, it was a great experience. For me, this summer I felt like was a summer of
3: a lot of growth for me. I learned a lot about uh, being camp counselor this year. That were things that I didn't even think that I needed to learn about because I spent a lot of time as a camper doing the CIT programs. And so like 16 year old uh, doing counselor and training things. I really felt like I knew it all and that I could just jump in and join in on being part of actual camp staff and I actually learned a lot about responsibility and confidence on on making my own decisions for the group and everything and uh, learning about ways to interact with campers in maybe a kinder and uh, gentler sense because camp is meant to be fun and it's meant to be a break from all the expectations that uh, kids have in their uh, regular school year and when they're at home with their parents. And I think that I had initially learned a lot of like being more strict with kids and uh, enforcing a lot of rules about things that didn't need to be worried about at camp like being too noisy or being restless or uh, wanting to be talkative and I'm sure a lot of other things I can't think of but I just kind of realized that force of fun and to guide campers and keep them safe, but not necessarily to restrict their uh, fun or their outdoor learning experiences. And I also learned a lot about working with others because I, I was so used to learning to work under somebody. There was always like an adult that I could kind of follow when it came to figuring out how I should do something or take care of a certain situation. And then this year I was put in a position as a unit counselor, not an assistant unit leader. So I was at an equal level with my uh, co-counselors. And so there was a, a learning curve for me to figure out how to be the one in charge without having to always follow somebody or to rely on somebody else to make all of the important decisions.
0: Yeah, I definitely resonate with a lot of what you all are saying here. For my experience, this was a brand new camp experience for me working part time, mostly on the weekends, which is very different than one of the
1: biggest things that I noticed immediately off the bat was the inclusivity of Washington um, is obviously a lot better than it is here in Missouri. And there was a lot of things that, you know, I had never really thought twice about, like growing up here um, in the Midwest and being able to go to a new camp, I learned a lot about, you know, different perspectives and being able to understand different viewpoints and things. So I think that was the biggest difference that I noticed between Robinswald and my experience here, the Girl Scouts in Missouri here. I think also the transition between the two was very interesting also for smaller reasons because there was like a lot of cultural differences with like songs some of the songs they had different tunes and things like that but i think i was able to learn about different perspectives and i think that really enhanced my viewpoint on what it means to have fun at camp and i think being able to go to a new camp and you know get out of my comfort zone and try new things. Not only did I move across the country, but I was also doing a lot more boating than I was used to and doing a lot more hiking and things like that than I was used to. So I really got to learn about that. You know, it means different things for different people um, to go to camp. And I also think Clover kind of touched on this a little bit, but I saw a lot of differences in how the staff at Robbinswald reacted to certain things. So During our training, it was a very intentional training, staff training that was about a week and a half. And we had some LGBTQ training. We had some training for like racial identities and things like that. And I thought that was very beneficial. You know, again, coming from the Midwest, a lot of perspectives were really different out there. And getting to see that and getting to see how those perspectives really impacted campers experiences really was very meaningful to me. I do think here in Missouri, you know, we always say, you know, everyone is always welcome at Girl Scout camp, but to see it actually play out was very meaningful, I think, to me.
2: That's really cool. I I wonder if SAC has like more inclusive and diversity training nowadays than they did when I worked there. Obviously, I didn't get to go to staff training because I went in the middle of the summer, but that sounds really cool. And that was something that I think was probably the biggest difference for me at SAC in a good way. Like a a change that has happened is that there's so many more policies now that are in place to accommodate Mm -hmm. everyone, regardless of what those accommodations are. Like, I know a lot of kids come now that have some kind of you know, form of autism or some kind of anxiety or, you know, lots of mental um, accommodations that we need to make. And there's a lot more that's done to support those campers that are maybe neurodivergent or something. And so that was something that I was really happy to see. And I think it's just great for everyone in a camp sense to have exposure to those kinds of things. Like that's life there's different kinds of people everywhere. And so that was a big thing that I saw at camp that like there's a lot more support, there's a lot more inclusion, a lot more diversity. Not that there wasn't before, just that we've come so far in such a short few years. And so it's cool to see those changes manifest in the camp setting. I mean, a lot of the changes that I noticed were just like tiny little changes in the programming to be completely honest. Um, like they do this thing at SAC now where like you take your unit to go and get like a snack, an afternoon snack in the middle of the day, which was really nice. Cause like we didn't do that when I worked there and campers get hungry. Like they want a snack or like maybe it's hot. And so you go in and you have popsicle and you cool down so that was a cool thing. Like all of these changes that have been made were ones that I was like, I like this. This is cool. Like we go and get a snack now. And, you know, we're able to support campers that we maybe didn't have the support for before. And yeah, lots of stuff. It, it, again, it was a lot of like a little thing. Like they changed where we hold campfire from when I worked there. There's a new campfire, all campsite and it's down in the woods and it's way cooler. Uh, they have a new ropes course that I got to try out. So like all these improvements and just seeing kind of how far Camp SAC has come since I worked there, it just makes me really excited for Camp SAC's future because if all of these positive changes have happened in the few short years that I've not been there, imagine the changes that are coming in the future for them. So we're on the right track and that was really cool to see. That's great and I I feel very similar uh, whenever
3: it came to coming to this new facility at Robinswald, and there was definitely a very big adjustment period that happened for me whenever I came to Robinswald, and I, before I even got there, I was worried about that. I was concerned that it would be too different, and it just wouldn't feel right to me, and that I wouldn't like it, and I was very worried about the fact that I had committed my entire summer to this place that I knew nothing about. It was difficult because things were different. And I was sad because I missed a lot of traditions from my old camp. And I missed a lot of the people that were not with me that that I had associated with the feeling of camp and, you know, the family and the community and mealtime shenanigans just because mm-hmm. the dining hall at Robinswald was, it had this floor, this softwood floor that uh, 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 was original to the, the lodge building. And so we didn't want to damage it by rough housing in the lodge or, or running around and things. And I was really sad about that because one of my favorite traditions is to do these dining hall shenanigans and, the way that they sang was different the songs were different the the times that they sang were different and even like the feelings of the songs were different uh robinswald had a lot more not not necessarily slow songs but slower paced songs and so i it took me some time but once i realized like this is their version of the same thing it's still camp it's still this community, I, I really was like, it's, it's different, but it's the same at the same time. And so I um, really appreciate uh, just the way that camp can be, be different all over and still have the same sense of community.
0: I totally resonate with what you said about the mealtime shenanigans. Oh my goodness. I felt I was missing that as well. <laughs> when I was at Robin's Wall. And I remember literally the first day I got there, they're like, don't bang on the table. And I'm like, well, how do I eat a meal without banging on the table? I don't understand. <laughs> because we're loud in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, I remember sometimes too, this was most recently when I did a sessional back at Camp Sacajuilla in 2021. I had tried to do some mealtime shenanigans and they were like, no how dare you? Now, granted, (laughs) we were masking in the building and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And they weren't wanting us to like, go to other people's tables. And you know, that whole COVID shenanigans. It's interesting how that culture does change. And I will say, for those of us who have spent a lot of time in Missouri heartland we are a rowdy bunch I will say um anytime anytime that we go to other places um our rowdiness does come out um (laughs) but unique also thunder they have queer camp essentially (gasps) through the girl scouts yeah and what that is amazing so that's like the Wait. level of inclusivity that they have mm-hmm. and even though i did not attend during the lgbtq camp it was still very much that same vibe we had mm-hmm. many different campers who were a part of that community that's and, so cool like i came home with a bunch of their stickers that are the girl scout emblem over the pride progressive flag And I mean, I was like handing them out like candy to my kids in Kansas City Mm -hmm. here. And I remember even having a conversation with someone on my team being like, you know, it'd be really cool if we took some of these steps too in our council. I Mm -hmm. think that really that Girl Scouts of Greater Washington are really leading the way for this movement, this well-needed movement in our organization. And the response that I kind of got was is not from them. Th- their attitude was not like this but they were thinking that the people who were in charge were not going to be necessarily ready for something like that which yeah. kind of broke my heart a little bit mm-hmm. um,
2: it, as- it is yeah it's challenging cuz i think honestly that really is just the geographic location of where yep. we live you know it's just the, the, the where we are and the people that live here and there's nothing I hesitate to use the word wrong because I think it's really important that we're inclusive, but you know, I, it's not wrong to have different opinions. It's wrong to exclude someone because they have an opinion that's different than yours. Um, I think is what I'm trying to say. That's disappointing to hear, but like, hopefully we're heading down the right path eventually, you know, like hopefully we're getting there. And I think a really big part of it is just,
0: yeah, we're in the Midwest. That's Midwest for (laughs) you. We have been told uh, as a staff for me in my current location that we are allowed to wear pronoun pins. We are allowed to wear pride things that is totally acceptable. We just necessarily can't start up and facilitate that sort of conversation Mm -hmm. with campers. We do have campers at my facility that will come out and say, my name is so-and-so, my pronouns are so-and-so, and and they may not be the pronouns that you would necessarily associate with that person. And because of that, because we do have campers that do identify in the LGBTQ plus community, I do think that there is a need to be able to have this conversation Mm -hmm. and say, maybe it is time. Maybe the Girl Scouts of Greater Washington is the place where we can turn to to ask questions about this because they've really dipped their toes in this in the last few years and even though the last time I really talked to nerd about it who's the camp director out there they were still under the impression that they were kind of getting used to it and everything but really even though that's might be the case they're still the leaders in the forefront
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> of yeah. the entire movement yeah. <laughs> That's it was cool. very interesting because I felt like growing up here, you know, Girl Scouts camp was the place that everyone was welcome. And, you know, I think I always grew up thinking like everyone was, you know, included, but then seeing the other side of it, I was like, there is so much that we still need to do here. And obviously there, there are still steps to be taken in Washington, but, you know, compared to here, it was like night and day.
0: It really is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It absolutely really is you think that you're doing everything that you can and then you realize that you're not and then when you realize that you can't Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: when that's when you're like oh that really does kind of suck but that's why we have platforms like this where we can talk openly and freely about it so that change can be activated (laughs) so I have an extra sticker under, I will send you the Pride Progressive Flag sticker. Yes, please. I want <laughs> to. <laughs> I have, like, it. to my water bottle. I work for
2: the Girl Scouts now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: So what was one obstacle that you or your team or just like the entire staff overcame this last summer? And how did you go about doing that?
1: The first thing that came to mind for this question was staffing. Unfortunately, Even after the hard work of the Western Washington Girl Scouts, the staffing shortages of COVID are still a very real reality. That was something that we faced uh, very early on. When we started staff training, we technically were full staffed. As it goes, sometimes during staff training, we unfortunately did have a handful of people leave more than they expected to leave. And I do think that that also impacted group morale. And, you know, that was hard, especially for... I know me personally, and then also Clover, we came across the country to go to this camp that we had never been to. And we felt like after we got used to things, we felt like it was going to be an amazing summer. So it did kind of hurt, you know, when some people that we had become friends with did leave. Um, So that was a big, the biggest obstacle. So, you know, unfortunately that does happen sometimes, but then we were in kind of a tough spot because While we were technically fully staffed, Nerd was our camp director at Camp Robbinswald was very adamant that, you know, we can never have too much help. So was still pushing to hire people. But then that need definitely became um, a lot more desperate. So, you know, we were contacting people here at home in Missouri to try to get them out there. And I know, Joe Bob, that's kind of a little bit how you heard about the camp. But yeah, so I think... That was the the biggest thing that I think of whenever I think of obstacles. But also I think like personally, I think learning that like it's okay to not know all the answers was I think very hard. And then also like I've always struggled as a camp counselor and in all of my experience at camp asking for help. That's something I've always struggled to do. So I do think I really tried to overcome that obstacle a little bit this year and lean on my co-counselors as much as I could. And then also having the support from a really strong ad staff at camp, assistant camp directors and our camp director, I felt that especially the support we received from our camp director really allowed me to feel like maybe I could cross that obstacle and actually turn to, you know, the resources that we had to ask for help. Obviously, you know, that is something that I think everybody at camp can always work on. But to me, being able to work on that was especially like really important to me this summer. And I very much felt the impact of that. I felt a lot different at the end of the summer than I did at the beginning of the summer, just because I felt like, you know, I had overcome those personal obstacles. And also, I do think it was hard to say goodbye to some traditions and Getting through that initial hump was pretty hard. But once I was able to overcome that, I think I was fully able to jump back into camp and, like, have the time of my life out there.
2: Yeah, playing off of the staffing issues. That's how I ended up at camp this summer as well. Um, And, like, a big part of, uh, like I said, they kind of just needed another body there. A big part of what I did while I was there for my short little stint was... Just go and fill in for ratio where I was needed so that counselors could take their breaks and, you know, Mm -hmm. whatnot and be away or go and lead, you know, a different program area if that's what they were trained in. And so they'd be like, all right, send Thunder over and do like the trade off okay, Thunder's here for Ratio. This person can leave now. I definitely felt the staffing issues as well. Uh, And like I said, that's why I ended up at camp (laughs) because they needed someone. I think the other biggest thing that like challenges that SAC faced that I noticed while I was there was a lack of like initiative taking on behalf of the counselors, all of the counselors there were doing a great job. Like I'm not saying that they, it was in any way a negative experience or that they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. But I did notice a lack of leadership and initiative taking in the counselors or at least some of the counselors there. And that was a little disappointing to see because Coming from when I worked there, it was like, you know, you are energetic. You're interacting with your kids all the time. You are constantly talking to your kids. You are taking the initiative to lead a song or a skit or a game or something. Like, your kids should never just be sitting there doing nothing. Like, you should be talking with them. You should be playing a game. You should be doing something. And there was a lot of kind of just sitting there. And I felt like there were a lot of times where I was the only person that was like interacting with your kids. And, you know, it's kind of hard because I wasn't necessarily in a position to come in and be like, well, you should do it this way. This is how it needs to be done because I'm only there for 10 days. So I kind of came in and just started leading by example more so than anything else of like, okay, this is what I think we should be doing and this is how we're going to you know, this is how I'm going to interact with the kids while I'm here. And it was actually something that me and Rafiki had several conversations about because she noticed those things too and was like, what can I do as the director to empower my staff to do better and be better? So me and her had a couple of brainstorming power sessions of like, Maybe we can do this. Like, let's talk about our why. And like, why are you here? Because even if it's just for a reference or like an internship for college, like you still need to do a good job. <laughs> you can't just not do it. Like you can't just be here. That was one of the, the challenges that I saw faced at SAC this summer. And I think the way, like I said, I just tried to counter it by leading by example and offering advice as it was asked for and where it was needed and just doing what I know how to do. Like there were times where capers were not being done. So like the dining hall wasn't getting swept and the unit that I was with was doing their activity in the dining hall. So while I was like supervising their activity, I was also sweeping the dining hall. And then like once the girls got done with their activity, they're like, I want to help you sweep. I'm like, okay, here's a broom. And then I had all the kids sweeping the dining hall. And like, it was that easy to sweep the dining hall. I just started doing it. And then all the girls were like, I want to help you. So we swept the dining hall. And so yeah, there was a lack of that of like, just, you see the dining hall needs to be swept. So you do it. One of the, the things that me and Rafiki talked about was she was like, I would really love to have returning staff members come to at least staff training to kind of get everyone ready for the summer and into shape. So actually that's something that we're loosely planning on is that I'm going to be attending Camp Sacagawea's staff training before next summer so that I can kind of help bring in the new generation of camp counselors. Again, that I don't want that to take away from like, the camp experience and I'm not in any way trying to say that it was bad or negative, but those were some of the challenges that I saw that we faced at SAC this year.
3: Yeah, you know, I think you make a really good point about these things, not necessarily making the camp experience bad, but they were definitely things that were challenging to work with and deal with throughout the summer, but on a very strong, positive, attitude for the campers because any you know struggles or difficulties between staff and counselors is none of the campers business they should never ever know about that and ever see it uh, because it's not their burden to bear of course they're there to have fun and so that was definitely something again with the staffing that I dealt with over the summer was that while I felt that well-staffed compared to some of um, my previous experiences with really low staffing at my former camp in Missouri. There was a point where I I would be alone with my campers while my co-counselor was on break. And that's an interesting thing that I was new to at Robbinswald was the ratio. You could have one counselor per the number of kids. Uh, that were in their the ratio for their age range. And so it was towards the end of the summer and I was feeling tired. We were all feeling tired just from working constantly throughout the summer. Universal camp experience, I know. I was dreading the time that my co-counselor would go on break because then I would be alone and I'd have to be focused on making sure we got all the activities done that we were supposed to do, that we were keeping spirits high, that I could deal with any conflict uh, come up from between the campers. And so that particular week was very difficult for me just because I needed an additional person. I was struggling to be alone with my campers. And with just some some volunteers coming in. And just having another body there to keep an eye on the kids really helps a lot. While that one week was really kind of an outlier because that was the only week that I had that uh, situation, uh, between the staff, again, that there was sometimes a struggle with staff morale. Again, the end of the summer when people were getting tired, and it was getting hot because it was July and sometimes, well oftentimes, bad attitudes can be infectious. I would notice that if somebody was not feeling great, didn't have the energy, didn't have the, the mood to be bubbly and engaging with the campers, sometimes on to other counselors and so if that's happening to other counselors, it was definitely happening with campers too. They were noticing, noticing the um, the tiredness and irritability and things. And so I need to be very conscious about the attitude that I'm presenting to my campers, and also making sure that I'm checking in with other staff, my co's, and making sure that we were putting on putting on our best happy camp attitudes uh, so that we can make sure that this week is fun and memorable for our campers. And if you need a break, you need to advocate for yourself. And I had to uh, remind myself to do that too. When situations got difficult, I needed to call for backup. And so I did have to do that a couple of times and just say, I need some help. There's a lot going on right now. I can't handle it by myself. I would call somebody from Add staff to come and help out and just get things back to a manageable level so that we can give ourselves just a moment to kind of take a breath and go, Okay, I've got
0: this. Let's make the rest of the day fun. Wow, that's a lot to be in a resident camp situation where you're six days on, barely one day off. You have moments of time where you are the sole person in charge. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
0: a lot. I didn't realize. It was that strenuous and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I I hope that that's the only time where you'll have to do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Even I as a teacher, like, okay, yeah, I'm by myself with a group of like 30 kids, but they leave after an hour and then I get a new group. You know what I mean? Like, and it's mm-hmm. only seven and a half hours a day, not a resident camp situation. So that's mm-hmm. extremely stressful and strenuous. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But it sounds like as the summer went on, it got a little better. So hopefully that that'll be the only instance where that will have to occur. So I'm reflecting on all of what you guys have had to say about staffing, programming and everything. And gosh, I was really lucky um, this year (laughs) because (laughs) in my mind, we always had overscheduled staff. So like I think of the sessions that I ran and In a pinch, if I would have had one less staff member there, we would have ran the session just fine. And I realize now how fortunate of a situation that that is Um, (laughs) to be able to be like, yeah, no, if you weren't here, we'd still be able to have a good time. And I understand that's not really necessarily the case in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely very, very fortunate to be able to have that. I also wanted to speak to Shrek and Clover specifically I know you mentioned the transition being hard from mm-hmm. your home camps going into a new facility, and I just have to commend you both for taking the risk and the leap to go across the country and try mm-hmm. something new, because, man, when Jitterbug and I were in action, we had only dreamed of being able to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, how we found Iowa was because we literally closed our eyes, pointed our finger on a map and found Iowa Mm -hmm. and saw that they had sessions after we were done with our camp. And so that was the only reason we were able to like go up there and experience that So I just want to commend you both for taking that risk this summer and going and trying somewhere new and still going through even that grieving process of leaving your home camp and trying something different because, man, I wish I would have had those guts when I was your age. (laughs) Yeah,
2: if I can bounce off of Joe, Bob, and commend you two for that as well because I've also done that. I didn't go across the country, but I went from... Girl Scout camp to a Y camp and as much as I loved Camp Foster like that was the most challenging summer that I had out of the summers that I've worked at camp and I think it was just because it was such a huge transition so I know what that feels like and like yeah good for you guys that's a lot and like I went through I know I can just empathize so much with that because I went through that grieving process of like I don't get to do the stuff that I did at Camp SAC. Like, and that was on one of my peer reviews actually at Foster one time was that I talk about my home camp too much. And I was like, how dare you? That's so mean. <laughs> um, so yeah, good for you guys. Congratulations. And like, that's an experience you're just going to cherish for forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: thank you. Oh, yeah, it was scary. We drove out there. So uh, how long of a drive it- was that? Well, we made it six days. We made it into a road trip. Um, We went to some national parks on the way and then like got there the day we were supposed to report to work. But obviously the drive out there was great. And we actually were just reflecting on that today. We had so much fun on the drive out there. But I remember when we were like a mile away from the camp, both of us, we were so nervous. We were like, (laughs) well, there's no turning back now because we're going to have to at least make enough money to be able to get home. (laughs) So it was very scary at first.
3: Definitely. uh, It was scary and nerve-wracking. And uh, like Shrek said, that last mile right before we got there, we were like, oh my gosh, we don't know any of these people. We don't know what we're getting ourselves into. But I do want to say that it was the most worth it and one of the greatest decisions of my entire life. And we made so many friends. The area was beautiful and just was such a unique camp experience and really just... Opened my mind to all the different ways that camp can be. That family, it's not just a place. It it moves with you to different areas. It moves changes to different people,
0: and so.
2: I've I've heard nothing but good things about Robin's Walt so far.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, because of the Camp Kids podcast, there are a lot of people that are interested in coming out <laughs> to
2: Robin's every summer. Hey, maybe because... you won't have staffing issues next summer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be wonderful. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely some people out there kind of towards the end of the summer there. So that's the only tricky part of it, of trying to commit a whole summer is that everybody's summer is different across the United States. I think it's really interesting. Cause like even in the Southern part of the United States, they start in May, like they're done by Mm -hmm. the end of July. Like Mm -hmm. you can, they don't go into August whatsoever. So it's it's very interesting. What are your thoughts moving into this next upcoming summer? Is camp in your future? If so, what kind of roles or goals do you have with this upcoming summer? That is the question of the hour. I uh,
1: would love to return to Robinswald and that is the ideal situation. Um... There are unfortunately a lot of life factors that do play into that though. I do graduate from college in May, so need to start looking for a job and things like that. So unfortunately, that situation might interfere with camp. As of now, I do I have plans to hopefully return to Robbinswald, if not only for a week. I would love to be there for the whole summer if it is somehow possible.
2: Well, uh I definitely see camp in my future. I'm going to tell you right now, Shrek, getting a job, not worth it. Stay at camp. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I'm kidding. Do what you want. I needed camp this summer as a way to kind of break the cycle that I was in. I kind of became after some time to reflect on like, because I did, I quit my job with four days notice. It was a very, very quick transition for me. And it was not necessarily an easy transition with like leaving that job. They were really not happy or supportive of me leaving such short notice. But I was like, this is just something I need to do for me. And I realized how much I missed it and how much I loved it. And so I definitely see camp in my future. Not sure in what kind of capacity, Probably not another full summer. It sounds like I'm going to be at staff training and maybe a sessional here and there. At least kind of focused me a little bit more in the direction of like, what kind of job I do want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I'll look at a job with the Girl Scouts. And now I do have a, a temporary position with the Girl Scouts that hopefully will open opportunities for me for a full-time position or, you know, at least kind of hone in on maybe I work for a youth organization or something along those lines. Like it was the change up that I needed. I became very complacent in the spot I was in in life and camp shook that up and was like, you're not in the right spot. Like, it really kind of came back into my life as I think a universe, like the universe was speaking to me, was like, Thunder, you're not where you're supposed to be. Go to camp. And I did. And now I'm feeling a whole lot better. I'm in a much better spot than I was earlier this year. So camp is definitely in my future. Not exactly sure in what capacity, but it's going to be there. I really, really love camp, and it's it's a passion of mine. So it's I got to chase it. <laughs> since I was a kid,
3: the goal has been to, to be on camp staff whenever I, whenever I could. And I have gotten to that point. Finally, I can be on camp staff, but since then I've only wanted to go further. And I really would like to be able to take on a more specialized camp position and kind of go up the ladder. (laughs) I've always wanted to do kind of the leadership programming because I just felt so inspired by those people when I was a camper that that were teaching me how to work at camp work with children and I just want to be able to I guess pass on that experience and be the one to say to inspire you know our teenagers to want to come and join camp and so Maybe not next year for me, I think that would be a little bit, a little bit too early, too fast to have such a, an important leadership position, but, but at some point I would like to, to get to that. And, uh, like Shrek said, a lot of it comes down to, to your, to life plans. And I have right now, I'm really trying to focus in on school so that I can get my degree. And so my biggest factor right now with whether or not I come back to Robbins World next year is just whether I'm going to be able to keep up with my schooling and my studies. I'm a, I do music, so I need to be able to practice. And there's not a lot of time for that at camp, but I really
0: want to be able to make time so that I can go back. Oh, that's so wonderful that you all want to find some way or shape or form mm-hmm. to fit camp mm-hmm. into next summer. I love that you guys are already thinking along that. To me, it sounds like the Camp Kids podcast needs to just start hosting sessionals. Be like, this week is the sessional at Camp Robbinswell. And this week is the <laughs> sessional <laughs> at <laughs> Camp Macajewia. And now come and explore Kansas City. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, it's like a destination vacation for camp nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Oh my gosh. So for me, this upcoming summer is unknown. There's so many different things and more so the fact of, I also need to figure out where, where I'm going to be best suited. I have so many dreams that I can see myself playing out next summer to where I become more of a leadership role in the current council that I serve for and see what some of these staff-led day camps look like since they have just started that program at my facility. That's something that I could really help with with my resident camp background and with being Mm -hmm. an educator because this is something that's new to them. They're used to Service units and troops running their own day camps. And now they've kind of taken on the fact of the adventure staff doing that and coming out of programming a little bit and more into the role of in loco parentis, the more of the role of the caregiver. So I can see myself being a leader in that. I can also see myself being a professional sessional, as one would say, and hopping back and forth to all these camps that I have learned Mm -hmm. to love and grow and spending time everywhere this summer. I can also see it being a summer where it's like, oh my gosh, I have a free summer. Why don't I go and go do camp one last time somewhere? And then trying to make that decision of where would I best be doing, Or I'm just gonna continue to be a year round educator and do that plan that I normally have. So there's Mm -hmm. so many different possibilities that are going on in my mind right now. Thank you guys so, so, so much for being on the camp kids podcast thunder thank you for coming back on the camp kids podcast shrek and clover thank you for being on the camp kids podcast for the first time cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart thank you guys so much for taking the time to be here and for sharing your expertise all right camp kids that was our october panel episode if you enjoyed this type of episode and you want to be on another panel episode please reach out to the Camp Kids podcast either by email or by DMing us on our Facebook or Instagram. While you're doing that, make sure to keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can also find our podcast. Stay tuned for later this week to find out about the new face that will be on the back of the quarter. That's all that I have for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.